What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of No Reserves Radio, the football edition. I am sick this week, so I actually didn't work today. We could have recorded earlier, Alex. I just decided to bring you on that, spring that on you. So, how's it going, buddy? Hey, how's it going? I guess you're not super well <laughs> this week, but yeah. I mean, we should have. Uh, it's because of me that we didn't record yesterday. Uh, I couldn't get like. The time slot that is usually the best which is this one um but yeah i'm sorry if there was anything there for you that messed up your schedules as well but since uh, you didn't work I, I guess it's fine i really couldn't couldn't get any any earlier as well because i was at work and it picked like a few things came up that i really couldn't put aside so so i wasn't feeling good i left work at like 10 my time and i got on i tried to like eat some soup you know but i was playing with like ren and austin and all them at like six and then they got off at seven and like at seven i started vomiting and so i just passed out and i woke up at like 7 a.m the next day so not good that's that's not good for sure huh but you're feeling in the mood for another podcast episode. Well, I mean, if I have to vomit, I can always like stop the recording and then we can restart. You know, Hunter. So I can just go on one of my tirades there. Exactly. Gives us enough time for that. So <laughs> I'm just gonna victory lap on being right about the Cowboys to start the episode. And so, in my fantasy leagues, I am actually doing atrocious. In fact, in multiple leagues. I I am competing for the first overall pick, and I'm not mistaken, three leagues, and I was not expecting to be competing for the number one pick in three leagues. So, not doing too hot. How are you doing this year? Uh, so-and-so. Like our redraft league, I guess I came, I just came back to, to the norm, because I'm one in five. <laughs> I do play you this week. But yeah, one and five. I thought I had like week five, uh, week week six Aww, in the books. You sh- it should have been last week because last week was Green Bay's bye week, so I was really vulnerable last week. Yeah, and this week I am probably gonna start Tyson Bagent. <laughs> Did you see because... I cut in Johnston? Yeah, I saw. I guess I can victory lap on that in the Chargers Dallas Cowboys game. Because there was nothing there. Again, two targets. <laughs> so, funny enough, I uh, saw someone on uh, Reddit celebrating because apparently they started Quentin Johnston and only needed one point. So, one of his targets actually became an interception and he got the tackle and that's what won him the week. Oh, I saw that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, well was that's... Like, I was like, that's a weird flex, bro. <laughs> it was an IDP league. I was like, that's a weird flex. Hey, no. If it was in our IDP league, you would have tied because our tackles are just one point instead of two. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, good for him. I guess Quentin should just start playing DB then. 
you can't catch either way. So it's not that like the saying for corners. They're just wide receivers who can catch. So I will say on Quentin Johnston, it seems like as the weeks have gone on, more and more like sad stats have been coming out. Like we have seen postings of Quentin Johnston's like average separation and apparently he averaged less than a yard of separation on all of his routes, which that's pretty rough. That's uh pretty rough. Uh, yeah, I, I think I was the one who sent you that stat. Uh, I should I say that that stat is a a tad misleading because I think that just accounts for like the routes he uh, yeah, exactly. The routes so, he was targeted. So the, two route, so the two routes that he ran that he got targeted, he averaged less than a yard of separation. Yeah, one of them I saw. The other was the the pick at the end. So the the first one, yeah, I think the but the ball came a tad late. By the time it got there, Quentin was covered pretty well. Uh, if it came out a bit sooner, he probably averages a bit more of separation. Regardless. Like I saw a few more plays where he was the like the the main target, the main read of the route, and I mean he still didn't get any separation. That's why the ball didn't went to him. So I mean I guess it's just so if you read on? the scouting report, I mean what's because, going on? It's the same things that happen in the scouting report. Hold on, hold on. Because didn't Quinn Johnston run like a four four something? No, I think he ran a four six. Oh, he ran a four six. I thought he was faster than that. Now I think like his main strength was yak. So he was a yak, like not king, but like a yak, little monster. Let's not call him like a full one monster, since he has actually done anything at the NFL. But I think he ran. Four five seven. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Four five seven. Four five seven. It's his it's his burst score that was ridiculous, and his catch yeah. radius. Yeah. But, so, okay, I mean, so then that begs the question. If his burst is so good, then how is he not getting separation off the ball? I mean, if you watch his tape, and you, if you read any sort of scouting reports from him, it was always a knock on him that he couldn't get like any separation. That's why I really didn't like him. I don't like those guys who, who aren't great route runners, don't get great separation, uh, and like drop balls at the end. Uh, like it's oh wow, he positive. accepted it. I got Justin Jefferson. Anyway, sorry, go on. Oh, okay, I guess we can talk about that a bit later. Uh, yeah. You can explain to the audience what it was. But I mean, his strengths and like the hope for him was that he would be used more of like a Debo, for example, in which he would get the ball in space and make things happen with Yak. A gadget He's- player. Basically. Yeah, it isn't really working out because now they're trying to to give him the same like looks that Mike Williams got, and Mike Williams is like a pretty fast guy. Like for all his flaws, like yeah, he ran I, at forty. Yeah, I think I was just gonna check that, but I think he ran like a, a sub four four, wasn't it? That sounds about right. If I'm not mistaken, the because Mike Williams was a contentious player coming out between us because okay uh, so just before production. it wasn't because just before we we dig the whole any deeper uh, any deeper uh we're clearly mistaken you ran fr59 so oh okay <laughs> i guess where he ran something decent yeah i thought so as well but at least got separation so. so quinn johnston is technically faster than him technically yeah by 0.02 
seconds. I lost. I lost the league by less. Same. I know. It happens. <laughs> so, but yeah. But, at, but anyway, so what is it then about Quinn? Like, I I haven't seen a Chargers game personally this year, and I'm definitely not going to look up NFL tape on Quinn Johnston's like seven routes he's run this year. So. I actually did one worse. I watched back the the tape on <laughs> on Tyson Vagent because I want to talk about him in this show. So <laughs> imagine the degree of insanity to go watch that. But yeah, I mean, the problem is that it's not getting any sort of separation right now. He isn't like, he was never that good of a separator. And now like it goes from playing DBs who are now pl- like, being cashiers at a Walmart, for example, to playing actual NFL players. So it, it gets even worse at this point. I haven't seen, like, drops at all. I don't think he has recorded any single drop so far. But he only has, like, I think it's 13 targets. So so here's a question, then, for you. I'm going to try and play Quentin Johnston devil advocate here for a second. So... We have lambasted Staley as a coach for a long, long time. Well, not a long, long time, but as long as this show has been going on, basically. And some of the boneheaded and poor decisions that he makes. So why isn't Quentin Johnston not getting on the field more? Not a boneheaded mistake by Staley and a justifiable mistake from a coach who has... Very questionable decision, a history of very questionable decisions. I mean, I think the offense is like, it's designed probably by um, Moore, the Kellen Moore, the the former Cowboys offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't really put it on Staley. Uh, I mean, I guess you can criticize like the sort of ways he's being used. And the sort of targets he's getting, he should be getting more open space targets, and it's not it's not really happening. But I mean the targets he's getting is not like doing anything to blow the team away, to give them more confidence, to give them more touches. So I mean I don't know what happens in practices, but I mean I know that in like which which was it? I mean in the last two games he had five targets. Yeah, I think it's has Mike Williams been out Two games or three games? I'm not sure there. But in the last, yeah, I guess in the last three games, he has three, three, and two targets. So he has eight targets in the last three games. He has not really done much with them. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) He's just not a good football player, in my opinion. I never was a fan. And Joshua Joshua Palmer is doing much better than he is. And he should have had a touchdown as well that got called back because of an illegal man down the field penalty. So, if you're getting beat out by Joshua Palmer, who I don't think is like a great number two, but I actually think it was quite underwhelming last year. Yeah, Palmer definitely was underwhelming last year, but it seems yeah, like another and... year has benefited him. He seems like he's doing pretty well. He still doesn't look like super, like explosive or super like such a great player it just looks better than quentin johnston that's like the issue here 
Yeah. Is, is that it? he's essentially getting so outplayed what, by a guy who wasn't like exciting last year? So what do you do if you're a Quinn Johnston owner? I guess it would. I guess it would depend on what kind of Quinn Johnston owner you are. If you're a Quinn Johnston, I, I guess we were going to call him Quinn Johnston truthers at this point with the production we've seen so far, or if you're someone who is like starting to get nervous, what would you do? Like in Dynasty, we always have this. Uh, we can't treat these players like it's redraft, and we have to be patient because they're rookies. And I guess it's easier for me since I didn't like the prospect. But this reminds me of the Jalen Rager situation. You know, back in that draft class, I drafted Rager. I liked Rager coming out. Yeah. And and you know that I like, I wasn't a big fan of him. And when I drafted him, I was like, I really don't like this pick. But I feel like it's the only guy that I should draft here, so that I don't like reach for another guy. So I'm gonna take him. But I was never super high on him. And the moment I started to notice like that the issues that plagued him in college were translating to the NFL, I sold him. I think at that point it was like for a second and James Conner, or for a first, and then I traded the first for James Conner. I think it was something like that. And at the time, like I was overreacting on the player you could say about that like he had i i traded him like seven weeks in or six weeks in something like that so you could say that i was overreacting to a rookie starting slow but in my eyes it was like okay this guy's just confirming what what was my fear from him out of college so i don't need to see anymore i mean if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i rather trust my eyes so So that's what i did with him if you're i'm i'm making this a dynasty conversation because if you're in redraft and you have Quinn Johnston, this must be like the deepest of deep redrafts because we have a deep one and I just dropped him and no one's picked him up. But regardless, if you're in dynasty, you're saying that if you had Quinn Johnston, if you have someone who does have some faith in him, if who's willing to give like a first or something of similar value, take that deal take your loss, move on, and then try and make something out of that, make something out of the first? Yes, that's exactly what I would do if I had them anywhere. It's just, it's time to cut your losses. Like, But that is to me, because I never believed it, so it's easier for me to say, because I never believed in the prospect, and I wasn't a fan of anything I saw from him in, on tape in college, and now, like, Everything that I was afraid of from his tape in college is not translating to the NFL, so I'm more than fine just cutting bait from him. And just, I mean, odds are, like, if this continues and it's not just a slow start, you don't get a first by end of the season. So just move him for a first, cut your losses. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's my mindset as well here. Uh, But I don't think I'll be wrong on this one. So give me the first. I think you will. You'll be. You'll be. You'll be in profit by end of the season. You'll be in the. You'll be in profit. <laughs> That's one way of saying it. <sighs> so it seems like all the quarterbacks are hurt this year. If I'm not mistaken, Trevor Lawrence is day to day, and it's questionable on if he will play. Yeah. Uh- I believe the quote from him was that he was hopeful uh, or that he was positive. 
uh, yeah, the positive mindset about whether you would play or not, but that like tests before the game or like leading up to the game would determine if he was going to be ready or not. Are you concerned for the Jaguars if he if he doesn't play? Because honestly, I don't think I am because Trevor Lawrence's play hasn't been what I expected it to be, but they're still winning. So it the team is fine. So I I don't obviously not having Trevor Lawrence hurt your chances. I question how much it's gonna hurt their chances. Because they have they still have Travis Etienne, they still have the receivers, they still have the defense, they'll be fine. I've criticized the Jags offense quite a bit. I've said that they don't I don't think they look right. But going from like Trevor Lawrence to CG Bethard. Yeah, it's pretty big. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a massive dip. I don't think like ETN will move a lot. No. Mostly ETN's because I do don't ETN. think Yeah, but I, I don't think he will have like that big of a game to start. I do think like maybe Bethard at center might give him more like check down touches just don't here's, throw the ball super deep here's a, okay let's talk about that because coming out of college etn was one of the most prolific catchers of the football in college and he's just not being he's u- being basically used like a between the tackles grinder and yeah he's excelling in that role he has he's had a lot of amazing games so far this season why have they not used him as a pass catcher more just don't think he's like that special of a pass catcher. I'm not sure if you remind if you're recalling of this, but like going into his second year, I think I sent you like a tweet on Group Me about uh, like it was a, te- a tweet from one of fa- one of fantasy football analysts or something like that, and it was analyzing one of the preseason games of Travis Etienne and why he wasn't like all that as in terms of a pass catching back. Because, yeah, yeah, he had a lot of usage in college. But that didn't necessarily mean he was that great of a pass catcher. Because there were some things in his motion when catching the football. And, like, that weren't what you expect from true elite pass catching backs. If that makes sense. So, he had the volume. But his ability wasn't nowhere near what was started out of college and the volume and the production made up for it. So I think it's just a bit of that. Like, I think they've seen those things and they're just adjusting to it. Like, yeah, he he can catch the ball out of the backfield and he will get some usage in that department, but he is not special in that department. He's not Christian McCaffrey is what you're saying. Exactly. He's not Christian McCaffrey. He's not Kamara. He's nothing like that. It's just, an okay pass catching back. He isn't like an elite pass catching back. Tough pill to swallow, man. Tough pill to swallow. But it's okay. Yeah. Because I found the actual one the next year. I got Brees. Brees Hall. You don't have him this week. I you know you said you might have him. I have him in like almost all leagues. In fact, like um the one league I don't have him as like because obviously he started the season off super super slow. I was like trying to get like a first for Brees Hall, <laughs> and I was accepting that all day. <laughs> you didn't. I don't think you took. Uh, oh, you were offering that for Brees, or were you? I was offering that. that for I was offering that for Brees. 
Okay, I was gonna say that I don't think you sent me that because no. I thought you no. you were meaning. I know, <laughs> I no, no, I know better. I I have too much faith. I knew not to send Brees away for just a singular first. <laughs> I knew he was coming. I was actually looking here for the targets on something. Uh, where is Etienne? Because I think Etienne has some targets this year. Uh, never mind. Uh, okay, never mind. We can continue. What's the next injury? Uh, injury riddled QB. Uh, I guess it's the Sean Watson. Yeah. News came out today that he doesn't believe he will be 100% anytime, anytime this season. Like, it's just never going to be 100%. I mean, at that point, I, I would just opt for season-ending surgery, but I get the Browns have loftier expectations than that. So He gets the money either way, Deshaun. Yeah, exactly. He gets be the money either way. The Browns made sure of that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just that's tough for the Browns. I mean, now you probably don't have your QB healthy at all for the duration of the season. So, PJ Walker experience isn't too good. I don't believe he has committed to playing this week. He has said it's basically day by day uh, that he he can come back Sunday maybe. Uh, or he, he might just be back like the next week, so there's not really a fixed time schedule. To me, it just seems like he wants to be as healthy as possible, and since it's not costing him any money, he just rather do this. I'm not sure if the Browns are totally on board with it, but... <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's more weeks of the P.J. Walker experience. I mean, the Browns offense, because when Dorian Thompson-Robinson was the quarterback, the Browns offense looked absolutely atrocious. Like, I don't remember. I know the Browns scored three points, but I, I physically don't remember watching the Browns play offense past the 50. Like, it, it just didn't happen. So, <laughs> like, so I guess in that sense, the bar was really low to begin with. But, yeah. And granted, P.J. Walker didn't, like, melt faces or anything, but he looked better than Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and that's the point. Granted, I think you owe Deshaun Watson a bit of an apology because the Browns, because it is really jarring how the Browns' offense looks with and without him. Can you not agree with that? I guess it didn't look great with him either, so... But it, it didn't look catastrophic. Atrocious. Yeah, it just looks as atrocious with Walker. That is true. So we are just saying that a guy worth $250 million is better than PJ Walker. More news at 11. <laughs> Something to that effect. <laughs> a guy got beat by Tyson Badgent. This is the second time I mentioned it. <laughs> and I guess, like, the other big news, it's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is returning to practice. I certainly wasn't expecting this. I thought he would be out for the season, to be honest. But he, he I guess, Jonathan Gannon 
Uh, I believe that's or is it Jonathan or is it Richard? I never like know the name of the coach. It's Jonathan. Jonathan Gannon. Uh, Jonathan Gannon said on the media that I think like Carlos said to him that I'm practicing today, and Gannon was like, "Okay, see you at practice." So, okay. pretty straightforward. <laughs> okay, see you at practice, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, thank you. Come back. Um, apparently, he should be practicing at full, but Gannon didn't commit on if he would be like play this week or if it's just next week. I do believe they have 14, week, uh, 14 days to activate him, right? Because it's a 14-day practice window. So if he's not back in the 14 days, I do think like it's probably season-ending. I'm not 100% sure there. I haven't checked that. But yeah, maybe Kyler Murray is back. Well, listen, Kyler Murray... Oh. Kyler Murray understands that if the Cardinals get one of the top two picks, he's out. He's gone. He's done. So that's. I guess. Did you see the news about Caleb? No. No. Okay, so uh, this is being reported by Mike Flory, if not mistaken. But he has said that Caleb Williams is looking for a part of the ownership of which team drafts him. What? Yeah. <laughs> that is wild to me. So one like before before I get to the one, that is very, very, very financially savvy, especially if if uh Caleb Williams is as good as touted. Okay? That that very savvy, very smart. Good job. But two buddy, you're a rookie. That that's a pretty big ask for a rookie quarterback. It's like play a game first. Like, exactly it's I don't know man there's also like if you look at his stats versus top 25 defenses I mean the picture isn't super pretty to be honest do you think I'm... okay so okay <laughs> then so let's okay let's play a game then because you know I love playing games okay so we already know how the quarterbacks that Caleb is getting compared to turned out, but I would re- I want you just to rank them coming out. How confident you were, Caleb Williams or Trevor Lawrence? Who are you more confident in? Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's Trevor. He never lost, so yeah, <laughs> never lost. Except except Ohio State, maybe. Yeah, I should like start by prefe- like by saying that I haven't watched like a ton of Caleb Williams because I don't lo- like watch college football. I watched a bit, I watched a few games, but I don't start looking at film heavily until like I don't know January, February. So I, I'm just talking about comparing people with similar hype with confidence that yeah. you have coming out. Not yeah. Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow? Because I'm not going to lie. I thought Joe Burrow was a bit overrated. I think it was it was Trevor as well for me. Oh, sorry. Caleb Williams or Joe Burrow? Oh, Caleb. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I got to say. This one I'm I think I, I, I think I would say Joe. 
Like, is that season that he had with LSU? I mean, that's one of the greatest seasons in college football history overall. If you look at his stats, it was only beaten since then. I think it was by Mac Jones, if not mistaken. <laughs> Funny enough. <laughs> so the Kelsey's asked this on on. We're just going everywhere with this podcast right now, but it's okay. The Kelsey's <laughs> asked this on this podcast. Um, do you think the best, the best college team all time? I argue that's either the LSU Burrow led. Uh, Tigers or one of the Alabama teams or the Miami or Miami, the 2000 Miami team. Do you think one of those teams could beat one of the all-time worst football teams in a one-on-one? Like the 0-16 Lions or the Browns? I don't think there's a chance that happens. Okay. I don't think the Miami team could. But I think the LSU team has a chance. My that like that debate comes up a lot. And like my main point is that when you look at those teams, like how many people, how many guys from that team were actually drafted in the NFL? That's how many of argument. those are even That's playing not in even the NFL? My argument. My argument is Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson both put up a thousand yard seasons as rookies, which means just out of LSU. So so it's obvious they could get separation. I think that LSU team has a shot. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but like my counter argument would be like who were the defensive backs back in that team? I think it was one of them. Uh, there's a guy who was pretty touted, wasn't it? Like that was the 2020 team. Wasn't it? Or is it 2029? No, it was 2029. Uh, 2029. 2019. <laughs> oh, 2029. So, let me look at that roster once again. Uh, just a quick look. Okay, so the corners were like Christian Fulton. You have a guy who's like Jacoby Stevens, who's probably like selling insurance somewhere right now. You had another guy named Kerry Vincent, like you're starting to get where I'm going with this. I guess you add Grant Delpit there and you add Patrick Queen. But like my point would be, okay, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are great. Burrow is great. But then you look at like the offensive line from them. Are we sure they wouldn't get dismantled by like even the worst team in football in any given season? Because I there's not a whole lot of names in that roster who are like starting in the NFL right now. I'm just gonna say this: one of those Detroit Lions teams were so bad they couldn't win a football game with Calvin Johnson on their team. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm gonna say. Yes, uh, but the thing is, uh, I'm pretty sure that it's not super hard to quarterback when Calvin Johnson is going against I don't know. Uh, Jay Ward. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be open like 100% of the time. So it's a two-step. It's like it's Stafford right now to Cooper Cup. It's it's not even like Stafford. It's easier because it's it's a one-step drop to Calvin Johnson. Just throw the ball to Calvin and he's gonna get it and it's gonna be a touchdown like every single play. So yeah, and I'm not sure if the LSU Tigers would be able to match that pacing in terms of scoring. It's my point. 
So, like, in the NFL, there's 53 players. All of those 53 players are actually in the NFL since they're part of the NFL team. In, in like, any given college football team, there's never 53 players who who play in the NFL. But, like, there's there's not even 22 players right now who are playing in the NFL out of these teams. So I think, like, whenever this debate comes up, it's like, okay, but, like, the team can be terrible for an NFL standard, but the team would probably still win the national championship in, in like, college football. So, I don't know. I To me, it just never makes sense because I just think, like, and, like, this team is pretty loaded with talent. Like, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, and like, for example, a guy that was really good in college, Galavan Chason, he wouldn't be able to get a single pressure right now in the NFL. He's not getting a single pressure in the NFL. But yeah, like this team is is better than most uh, college football teams that you can like have this hypothetical for, because there's like quite a few guys in here who are actually still in the NFL. So Grant Delpit, Christian Fulton, Derek Stingley. Uh, Patrick Queen, Jacob Phillips, Demon Clark, all of those guys are in the NFL currently. But, like, none of those guys are actually, like, great. Most are not even good. So, yeah, it's just, like, they were elite for college, but it's just, like, even the worst team in the NFL, they would just be, like, okay. So, I don't know. I don't think they would be able to match the scoring pace. Like, they would be able to score... Somewhat. Those Browns teams I saw. Yeah, I think they would be able to score somewhat, but they wouldn't be able to do much else. Because, like, for example, if they're up for some reason, they can't run the ball because, like, their two running backs who were, like, pretty good for college are Claude Edwards-Alaire and Tyrion Davis-Price. None of those guys are actually good in the NFL. So <laughs> I don't think they would do well versus even the worst NFL team. I guess, like, what line would you put in that game? You would say the LSU Tigers of 2019 versus, I don't know, either the the Detroit Lions team who didn't win a game or the Browns team who didn't win a game? I'd probably want to go against the Browns team because the Lions team had actual talent. Okay. I think after that, because who was even the quarterback for the Browns when they didn't win a game? Was it... I think... I can check, but I think it was an amalgamum of guys. It was in the 2017 season. Yeah, 2017 season. So the QB, I believe it was Manziel for a part of it, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can watch the final roster. Okay, no, it was Kevin Ogan, Cody Kessler... Or in the Sean Kaiser. That's the QB room. I take Joe Burrow. College Joe Burrow over all that. I mean, yeah. Probably would as well. So, uh, I'd say I, as far as the line goes, I think the line would probably favor the NFL team, but I don't think it'd be as much as you'd think. Like, I think it would be the Cleveland Browns plus, like, six points to make it interesting. You know what I mean? The Browns plus six. Yeah, I think I think it would be something like that, or three. And the a Browns half would be underdogs. 
Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, reverse that. Reverse that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you had me worried there. Yeah, I think it would be bronze minus 14, to be honest. No, I don't think. No way. Yeah. No way. I don't I think mean... that. I think there's more games that Brown's team loses than you think. Yeah, I think Miles Garrett would probably wreck havoc every single day. He probably would. I mean, I don't think, like, Burrow would have a clean pocket because, like, Miles, they had Miles Garrett. What year was Miles Garrett drafted? I think it was this year. I think it was 2017, was it? Or was it 16? No, oh, it was he, this year. No, he, they earned Miles Garrett with that season. No, they yeah, won. Uh, they got Miles Garrett with a 1-15 and record. So they went oh. one and fifteen, got Miles Garrett, then went zero and sixteen. Man, that's really impressive. <laughs> that's really impressive, dude. <sighs> I mean, I, I I wouldn't give them a chance to be honest. I think it's it's at least a two to three score game. Nah, I, th I huh? think it's close. Oh, but we've spent quite a bit of time in this, so I guess we can go to the final QB injury, which is Anthony Richardson. He will be out for the season, unfortunately. Yep, season and injury. So, it means that we get to debut another segment. Yeah! Yeah! Hold on, I need to get one of the new sounds. Okay. Let's see. Let's, Let's see go which for one. it. Which one? Yeah! <laughs> okay, so I like the new sounds. Great. <laughs> I'm going right. to use a few. I was just reading what's on the on the soundboard now. All so right, I'm... now. Yeah, <laughs> you like the new sounds I added? I for sure do. <laughs> okay, so this came... Uh, this segment basically was born because you sent me a tweet... Of a guy who was like, you know what? This really doesn't bode well for the new Anthony Richardson playstyle. This is now the second time he got hurt, and this is a season-ending injury. So you can't deny that his that his playing style isn't like favorable to injuries. And I'm like, you are full of. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and I was like, this guy stinks. Because I guess you can you can say the name of the new segment now. You know what really annoys me, Alex? Or, well, I guess in your case, you know what really annoys me, Angelo. Give it to yeah. me. There you go. You get to go on the rant. Guys who just say takes without really watching the games. So, like... The narrative was, okay, so it's a running QB, so of course he's going to get hurt uh, because he runs. Like, if you watch the two plays in which he got hurt, first the concussion, I, I mean, like, yeah, sure, he was running with the football. There's probably, like, 50 times that happens in a single season for any single QB. Like, I don't know, 90% of the time the guy's fine. It's just like he landed awkwardly. Like there's nothing there regarding his play style. If it was like a Matthew Stafford running with a football and he took the same like weird angle falling to the ground, he would also have a concussion. So yeah, that's absolutely nothing to do with his playing style. 
it's just an unfortunate hit uh, that it just completely like you got pushed and instead like if his fall isn't like how do i say this if the impact is absorbed more with his body then his head doesn't touch the ground and he's fine so it's just a very unfortunate landing basically and it really has nothing to do with his playing style and then the season ending like hit i guess yeah sure he was running with the football to gain a few a few yards but he was just tackled regularly like if any other guy got as like i've seen that tackled pr plenty of times like it just ha so happened that the defender like fell on top of him with like his full body weight and that can happen to anyone it's not really because he's a running qb or because he's a pocket qb it just it's a football hit like that those things happen so yeah sure it's unfortunate and he's going to be out for the season but i really don't think this is anything to do with his him being a running qb and i don't really think like people should start making assumptions of oh this guy will always be hurt he's injury prone because he's a running qb and he needs to adapt his style no i mean he just had crap luck to start the season and it's fine it's going to be fine he's going to he went for the surgery he's going to fix what was wrong it's not going to be permanent damage uh, so they are treating him better than they like address the whole Andrew Luck situation. <laughs> you probably need to put the sound a bit lower on those. On that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one scared me. I was not expecting that. But yeah, I mean, just that really annoys me. Those guys who go on Twitter with those takes that have like. Zero, like, you could just see that those takes were completely, like, out of their ass, essentially, because you can just see that those guys really didn't watch the games and just were saying things for clicks. That really annoys me. <laughs> oh, man. So, how do you evaluate um, Anthony Richardson moving forward as far as, because obviously, if you're in redraft, you're cutting him. There's you pick up you know whoever is next on the waiver wire at that point there's no tips for that what do you do if you're a dynasty owner and you invested say because if i'm not mistaken in a lot of superflex league anthony richardson was the one one so you invested the 101 your quarterback's now hurt for the year what do you do next alex you trade for a cheap guy and you keep him you trade for a cheap guy and you keep him that's what I did. It was not super flex in early, but I, I traded for Sam Howell. And I, I'm just going to keep Anthony Richardson because I liked what I saw from him. He looked poised in the pocket. He looked prepared. He, I mean, I know the like the narrative around him was that he was not ready and that it would take a while to, to be ready and to be a starting QB. I really didn't see any of that. He looked poised. He looked ready for the moment. He... I mean, he was making good throws. He made a few really wild throws that I, I wasn't expecting from him. He, he looked like an NFL QB, so I have no issue in keeping him. And if I don't have him, I would trade for him every single place. Because to me, he looked like the guy who will be like a Konami like cheat code. Yeah, there you go. You're, so you're using, you're using the Kelly phrase. I forgot even who adopted the Konami code quarterback. 
Konami, and then it, I believe it was shortened to Konami QB, just. Yeah. Okay, so, but, like, to me, you will have, like, the highest ceiling of any of the guys drafted this year. So I would try and acquire him everywhere. So you think he's essentially the next Lamar Jackson? Uh, yeah, essential. Yeah, the same type of like Konami. I'm not saying he's there yet. Yeah, he, he's not Lamar right now. He's not an unanimous, like, I don't think he was. I'm not sure if he was unanimous, but he's not an MVP, of course. But he is going to be a good QB for the future. I have no doubt of that. So you're acquiring him. What? Okay, so obviously with the season ending injury, because you say this a lot with the running backs because they're lower. Their their value takes a hit. Regardless of the position, when you get injured, your value takes a hit. So, like, I just acquired Justin Jefferson for Tyreek in a second. I think that was – I think that was I, – I could have offered more. So, regardless of who you are or what how many years you have, once you see someone get injured, you value them less. So, what do you think is a good deal – for Anthony Richardson as far as acquiring him goes. In Superflex? You can do both in either. Okay. I mean, in Superflex, I would still easily play like a mid-first for him. Easily. Because I think that once he's back... And he starts showing again that he is, like, ready to be an NFL QB. Like, he has shown for the first, like, two games that he, he fully played on. He's going to be a star for fantasy football. So, I think you you will you will make bank out of that. I mean, he's only 21 years old. So, he's going to be 22 by the time the next season starts. But he's one of the younger QBs. So, I would be okay buying him for that. Where was his, what was his injury again? Uh, shoulder injury. It's shoulder injury, yeah. Throwing or non-throwing? Uh, I believe... I'm I'm trying to visualize the injury. Um, I believe it was throwing shoulder. So, is that a concern to you that he injured his throwing shoulder? I don't think, think so, because I've read a report that a part of it was basically non-damaged. So it was basically like, okay, structurally, it was okay. So it's not going to be a thing long term. It's just like playing on it would hurt more than just completely. Uh, like, that. yeah, essentially. So okay. yeah. I, I'm totally fine with that. And I mean, for non-superflex, I know I drafted them. And, and in our league, it's different because it's 16-team league. So the QBs should be worth a bit more since there is less available on waiver wire and so on. So I know I paid like, I think it was a top 12 pick, top 10 pick for him. I thought I thought he was a top 5 pick for us. Oh, no, no, no. I drafted him. I can look back. But I'm... Pretty sure I drafted him around like pick ten, if uh, maybe top eight. But I didn't draft him like five because I didn't have a pick that high. Okay. I'm but 
but I could have swore it was in the single digits. I could. It was eight. Eight. Are you looking at it now? Yeah. Okay. I picked them after safe flowers. But I also had nine, so technically it's just whatever. Uh, so I would I would still pay first for him to be honest. In that scenario of a sixteen team league where like there's no one in the waiver wires. In a regular league, I guess a second, but I'm not sure if you'll get them for that. Yeah. I don't think owners are selling for less than a first. Yeah, and I'm fine paying that because I think he will, he will give you that, like high floor for a QB that you want. Like if you are tanking, for example, and you have like I don't know, if you, for example, in Justin's situation, Justin is like it's going down, yeah, and he has Mahomes, yep. So I would easily like trade Mahomes for Anthony Richardson plus another like prospect. For or, for example, this is like a fair trade on Keep Trade Cut because I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes for Anthony Richardson and Jameson Williams. I would do that all day. I wouldn't acquire Jameson, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Because I do think like Jameson will start ramping up and be more involved in the offense. He just had a touchdown this past week, so owners are once again a bit more excited. But yeah, I would be down to acquiring him everywhere. I guess that's that that is the first. That is the first piece of the segment. I guess we can just go back to that whenever another, like, <laughs> this really annoys me thing comes up in our chat. Okay. What else is on the show, Doc? What happened in fantasy, dude? Everyone is hurt. Every- yeah, that's what it feels like. Hold on, I'm gonna look. At, I'm gonna look at some of these fucking. Well, whatever. I got one. Oh. I'm gonna look at. Some <laughs> of, I'm gonna look at some of these like high win teams, because they look atrocious. Like, hold on, hold on. Let me look at the number one team in a twelve man. I'm in. Here we go. Number one team. Yeah, number one team. Are you ready for this? Go for it. Last week, he started Kirk Cousins, Christian McCaffrey, Cuba Hubbard, Jalen Waddell, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Higby, Saquon, A.J. Brown, show in the Dallas defense. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number one team. Yeah. Like, it, it's literally just attrition at this point. Yeah, at this point, I mean, with the amount of injuries and the constant like bye weeks and so on, has Jermone Ford and Raheem Mostert as their running backs. Raheem Mostert, the running back two on the season. He is. It's crazy. It's freaking crazy, dude. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I can't right now. It's insane. I can't. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I just, huh. I, I just feel like apologizing that I didn't predict a bunch of mediocre players would pop off this year. Like, holy! That crap. is that is fantasy football. That is 
Jaleel McLaughlin being a thing. Tyler Algier being somewhat consistent. I'm not going to lie. The tight ends are just atrocious. Like, I was looking at um, free agent tight ends, and I saw this tight end. And his only stat, I promise you, his only stat was one game where he had one reception for seven yards and a touchdown, and he was a top 75 tight end. And I was just like, oh, my God. Imagine. <laughs> Ima- just imagine a top 75 tight end and your only stat was one week you caught a touch. And in that week, he was probably, what, a top 20 tight end? Yep. So it's crazy. it's crazy. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Last week. Uh, so a top, what, six? Nine, twelve. Okay, so it was a tight end one, if not mistaken. So a tight win, a tight end one last week. Renton Strange, the rookie out of Penn State for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have a lot of him. I have a lot of him. Anyway, he caught two passes for twenty-seven yards and a touchdown. So that's a top one. That's a, a tight end one this past week. Taysom Hill is again being a thing. Like eight targets for Taysom Hill. Like there's nothing better that you can do with those targets. <laughs> like what? Brenton Strange has only two games where he has a reception and he's a top 50 tight end. Because I was pretty that. I was pretty close on my Pitts stake. Like Jesus, dude. Funniest thing is that the Falcons had two top five tight ends this past week. The Falcons had two. Al Pitts was tight end three. Jonas Smith was tight end four. It's so, it's so easy, dude. Like, just I, I get just... a tight end. <laughs> just get a touchdown. That's what I meant. Yeah, no, just get a touchdown. Your top tight end. Easy. So what 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 has happened to like so Kelsey obviously Kelsey is the outlier Kelsey is the most consistent thing when he's not hurt. What happened to like the George Kittles, the Mark Andrews, the like? Hold on, I'm gonna look at Mark Andrews season right now. I think he's been fine. Yeah, he's tight end four. He's given you double digit points in like four or five weeks that he's played in. He hasn't played in week one, so. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, he didn't play in week one and he's tight end four, so. It's just that once again, and I'm pretty sure that's the case here again. The tight end one every week he played except week two against Indy. Yeah, it's just that once again. I mean, at this at this stage, it's not super different, but I was going to make the point of like the difference between tight end one and tight end two, it's massive, but not this year so far. Kelsey is only nine points ahead of Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta's the tight end two this year. Yes, with eighty points on the season. So okay, so do you think the Sam Laporta love has been getting too as is just too much? Uh, as it's, uh, we have talked about it on the show. As it kept on rising, I have not checked that, but I can. So I mean, yeah, he's tight end one right now. He surpassed. Tight end one. Yeah, he surpassed Kelly. 
in both non-superflex and superflex. That's just too... He's a 6-3 tight end. Like, no. 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 Sorry, but no. no. He was super athletic, though, wasn't it? And isn't that, like, what you want out of a tight end when you're looking at a prospect? Sam Laporte, a tight end one. Yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That is. And, yeah. Small rise for Pitts, I think. Yeah, he's now ahead of Kincaid in both non-superflex and superflex. So, small rise for him. But, yeah, Laporta. Yeah, Laporta was a ridiculous yeah, I'm just like, checking that right now. But, yeah. I mean, 45940, 108.4 speed score, 122.8 burst score. Like... There's not a single like workout metric that isn't above 76 percentile. So yeah, I mean, it's just he comes from Iowa. Tight end, you. He got 11 targets last week. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the second time. He only caught four. Yeah, and he was like injured through the week. I believe he picked up an injury late in the in the week. But yeah, it's the second time he has 11 targets in the season. At this point, he is what he is the fourth most targeted tight end. That's crazy. That's the tight ends capable. That's crazy. I, I, I just, I'm sorry. I just can't. I just can't right now with what's going on. Ah, the tight end universe. I do. I do think I have them in like one place. It's Where? the league in which I'm one and five. The the Star Wars league. Huh. I mean, I'm the same record as you, <laughs> and I'm supposed to be tanking. <laughs> oh yeah, let's not talk about. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that right now. The Manning face, though. <laughs> we just played our poopy ball last week. But the thing is, I don't have my first, so <laughs> I need to figure something out in that one. You don't have your first in Manning face? No. I'm not going to say what I traded it for. Jameson Williams, I know. No, it wasn't Jameson. It wasn't Jameson? No. Oh, wow, you are the third worst team. Yeah, if it wasn't for me, you might be the second. I'm just wondering. I think... I think I'm just lucky. I know you're not yeah. starting Tyson Baggett in a in a super flex league. Oh, I am. I have like it's him or Minshew versus the Browns. You have Tyson Baggett and Roshan Johnson. <laughs> okay, so now this is the the third time his name came around. So I think That's it's so ugly. it's <laughs> only fair that I talk about him here. So Roshan? I went back. No, no, uh, Badgent. Okay, so ahead. I went back and like last show I mentioned like he didn't look super great. I went back and I watched the tape actually. And I'm just going to say, uh, I've said this in like two chats right now. I'm not sure. I don't think you were in any of them. But if you change the name in the back of the shirt from badge into field, it's the same thing. So like they are not losing anything with badge. 
So yeah, I, it's tough to evaluate because I think he had like five or six drives. And like one of them, like the first one uh, was cut short because of a fumble. And the last one was cut short because of an interception that it was a wobbled ball. So that's like the main concern with him is that like he has a noodle for an arm. So that's never good. But like, I do think he reads the field well, if not better, or at the same level as Justin Fields. So I think he can like read the play faster than Fields, if that makes sense. Like he he often just goes on his first read, and like that's probably okay for a guy who just like played five five drives and he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, but like he's at least sound with that. Like he can read the field faster than Justin and he makes the decision quicker. It's funny that like I was starting to watch pageant and like the first play that fields um, that I saw was from fields. The one in which he got hurt and I'm not 100% sure here because when I watched it, uh, the all 22 wasn't available, just like the game in 40. So I, I couldn't see if there was a safety on top of that. But, like, it was funny that the play in which Fields got hurt, it was a step back. Then he, he like, he locks up on, on Mooney. And Mooney's about to cut off his route, cut out of his route, uh, and cutting inside. And, like, the safety on the, the left side is, like, way, way behind. Like, if Fields, Fields is, like, watching him as he goes and instead and like at the time that he needs to pull the trigger that like Mooney's getting open he just rolls out because he doesn't make the throw again like that's always his, his problem and then like instead of just taking the sack he tries to get rid of the ball and that's when he jams his, his thumb into the turf so that's ironic that it happened that way but like watching pageant like it's not that big of a difference from fields. And when you consider like the difference in draft pedigree and what you expect from like a top 10 draft pick to what you expect from a guy who wasn't even drafted, like there's big expectations there for a guy who's top 10. There's not really that much for pageant. There's also not that much of like pageant tape available. So I think it's going to be one of the situations in which like pageant actually looks serviceable versus the, the Raiders. So, yeah, my main takeaway is that, like, there's not a massive gap between the two, if any, to be honest. If any, to be honest. I mean, that's fair. And, like, when watching the tape, you have to consider what you're watching. Like, when I'm watching a tape of a guy who was an undrafted free free agent who, like, at like no NFL experience was thrown into the wolves like midway through a game when the team is losing by like I don't know I think it was 19 to 6 at that point or something like that no it was 12 to 6 I believe and then he he throws a big 6 or something like that it was something along those lines but when that happens I mean you no it was a fumble 6 fumble 6 that's it and then it goes to 19-6, so the guy's in a hole, and like the drive in which he scored the touchdown, it looked serviceable. So 
I don't know. I think next week we're going to be in this show and we're going to be like, is that a debate between like who should be the starting QB going forward? Book that as my hot take. What is your hot take? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. That we're going to be sitting here next week and we're going to be saying, should there be a debate to who's the starting QB for the Bears next, uh, like when Fields is back? Ah, we're gonna see. I have pageant in like, uh, I think it's in four leagues, if not mistaken. If not five, actually, I have them in a ton of places. You believe in them, you believe it's okay. He threw for 5,000 yards. Almost, I like. I think like his last two college seasons, he threw for almost 10k yards. I think it was nine something k, and I believe he threw for almost 100 touchdowns. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's just Division Two football, but yeah, that's if 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 like Lance can be a top three pick playing Division Two football. Pageant in college, yeah. His last two seasons, he threw for where's the touchdowns? Yeah, he threw for 94 touchdowns, 21 picks, and he threw for 9.5k passing yards. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's not too shabby. He didn't run much. I think he had. 75 rushing yards and 71 rushing yards. But, I mean, we shall see. I think that's going to be a debate here. So, you get to do the next segment. Let's go. Since you had the idea, Quinn Johnston or... Oh, Quinton Johnston or... Okay, so I'm just... Quinton or... So, I'm going to look here. Because you're a Quentin Johnston fan. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I call him a fan. I just don't hate him. Yet. Are you saying I'm a Quentin Johnston uh, hater? Copy that. So let me see. Where is Quentin? Okay, so this is a fun one. Quentin Johnston or Jameson Williams? Oh, that is early. I think I'll go Quentin Johnston here. I would go Jameson. And Jameson is currently ahead in keep trade cut. Not by much, but they are in the same tier. The same tier. So, another guy in the same tier. Oh, okay. So this guy is in the same tier as him. It's, it's like nine spots lower or something like that. But Marvin Mims... Or Quentin Johnston? I think right now, just with the way he's performing, it would be Marvin Mims. It's like, it's crazy. 
I think he's second in the team in yardage. And I think he's last, if not mistaken, in like Rod's run. <laughs> ah, it really shows you like the duality of players there. Okay, another guy in the same tier. Hmm. Oh, this is an interesting one. Rasheed Rice or Quentin Johnston? Quentin Johnston. Rasheed's getting involved. He is, which is really weird. But I think his highest like snap share is like 50%. So he's not really getting out there. But he mm. is. But when he is out there, he does look pretty good. I will give you that. And I, I think I saw a report today that mentioned like he's getting the, the trust of the Chiefs more and more. So he, they are expecting him to be more involved going forward. And I think he'll have... I think he had the same amount of targets, if I'm not mistaken, as every single other uh, wide receiver in that team combined. And he had more yards. The last game, that is. And, oh, this is a fun one that we were talking about. What do you think is Rasheen Rice's long-term like staying power? Do you think he could be something, or do you think that he's born to be a like a flash in the pan like a good rookie season but then not much else uh, for that I'm actually just gonna check something here because my answer depends on this one thing so I'm looking for the Chiefs 2024 cap situation Okay, so yeah, so they have roughly thirty million in cap space prior to resignings and so on and so forth. I would say that he has somewhat of a staying power. I just with thirty million, I guess they can like they can restructure some deals. Like Mahomes is getting quite a bit of money. But there's not a whole lot to restructure there. But like Joey, Joey Tooney, Juwan Taylor, I guess you can restructure those because they have high base salaries, um, and you would free up some money. I just think that they will eventually get a top option at wide receiver, and they will stop playing this weird roulette. But I mean, if they don't bring anyone, I think he has staying power. But as I think they bring someone, I think he has sort of staying power. I don't think he will he will be a reliable a reliable option. But I think you will have a player who's somewhat involved in the offense more than like the Sky Moore's and Kadarius Tony. I think if they bring a guy in, it's going to be Kelsey, that guy, and Rasheed Rice. That makes sense. I I don't know. I'm so like it's so hard to find like good um Kansas City wide receivers because with Kelsey there but it's Patrick Mahomes that's kind of the weird thing is it's Patrick Mahomes so like do I want someone from the Chiefs offense yes yes I do you usually do but you kind of never know who to get I guess that's true 
So this one is interesting because we were talking about this guy yesterday. But Quinton Johnston or Jahan Dotson? Quinton Johnston. Okay, they are eight points apart in keep trade cut. Eight points apart. Okay. Eight points apart. And they like, their drop has been almost like symmetrical. Like they have fallen completely off the wagon like Dotson's fall is more like abrupt I guess you can say that because it's been since like September that he has been dropping and Quentin has been dropping for longer I think yeah he has been dropping since August so but Jahan Dotson I've yeah Jahan Dotson had around 6,000 points in early September or mid-September and right now he's at four point four five four two so four thousand and five hundred points um I don't know I kind of still prefer Jahan Dotson but that's because I like the profile more and I think eventually they will get to use him the right way but maybe I'm just wishful thinking um, one of the things that I know you lambast on the, um, oh, it's Dynasty. You have to wait. People get their shot. You know, the I, I'm going to call it the Devontae Adams corollary because that's what happened with Devontae. He had a bad rookie season and then, you know, he blew up with Aaron Rodgers. But I think we, like, undervalue how big fantasy production early or Production early is for wide receivers. It doesn't have to be like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, a thousand yards. Like having a season like Garrett Wilson had or Chris Olave had, that's fine. But you want to see that production. To be fair, like Dotson did have like 523 yards uh, in 12 games played last year. He also had seven touchdowns. That's what really like propelled him to be the option that he, he was coming into the season. But yeah, like right. the production right now is worrisome because like last game he had one target. He isn't being super involved. He's still playing like good numbers in terms of snaps and so on. The main concern is that like there's a lot of guys getting rotation that like Jamison Crowder is getting snaps. It's it's worrisome in that sense that it's a lot of mouths going around. And, like, the Yami Brown is also playing quite a bit. So, and it's not just Jahan Dotson, but it's also Terry McLaurin. Like, it's not only Dotson coming out of the game for those guys. It's also Terry, which is really, like, mind-boggling coaching there. Like, you sort of always want your best players on the field. And I'm not saying, like, Jahan Dotson has proved that he's, like, a great player, but Terry has. And he is being rotated out quite a bit. Actually, like, who do you prefer, Quinton Johnston or Terry McLaurin? Because they're in the same tier. Uh, definitely Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Terry, Terry is kind of a value right now. He's wide receiver 33 in Dynasty and keep trade cut. And wide receiver 23, that's, that's behind who? Let me get a few names here. Uh, for example, Terry McLaurin or 
Nico Collins. Probably Nico Collins at this point. Gary McLaurin or Michael Pittman. Did you just say Terry McLaurin and Michael Pittman? Yeah. Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Like Michael Pittman is wide receiver 26, like four tiers above Terry. That's crazy, too. Like Terry seems really low. I guess it's part of it is the age because he is 28 right now. But yeah, people are kind of low on him. Okay, so do you have a this or that for me this week? Who's a guy that I like completely fumbled the bag on? Good question. I don't want to like, beat the dead horse and go Zach Wilson. And that's the guy's dead. You know, we we took him out to the farm already. You know. He's... He's he's out to the pasture. Okay. His ghost is still around, so maybe maybe he's not so dead as we thought. I have a I oh okay. So do you want to do super flex or non super flex? Uh whichever one is better for you. You seem to have found something, so let's go super flex. Okay. Because this is a guy that you weren't high on who has risen. Okay. CJ Stroud or Tua Tungavailoa? Ooh. Okay, so we're going there. Yeah, I'll still I'll still take Tua. CJ's above him. Yikes. A whole tier. CJ Stroud or Trevor Lawrence? Um, give me give me Trevor Lawrence purely because of the weapons that he has around him Trevor Lawrence is two tiers below CJ Stroud right now that's crazy to me CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson that one is interesting because like in a trade, I wouldn't trade CJ Stroud straight up for Anthony Richardson. Not because I, I don't still prefer Richardson over Stroud, but because I know I can get more. So in that regard, CJ Stroud. Uh, but in who I would prefer going forward, Anthony Richardson, no doubt. I just think you can get more for Stroud, so he probably is ranked higher. All right, now let's go someone who's slightly above him. But in the same tier, wow. C.J. Stroud or Lamar Jackson? Hmm. Hmm. I guess I would still go Lamar, to be honest. So I'm just saying that Stroud is probably a tad higher or that I'm still a hater. C.J. Stroud or A.J. Brown? Oh, that one is interesting because it's a QB in Superflex. Uh, G Brown is just it's really good. Uh, 
I guess it's it's again one of those things. I I would go CJ because I think he he nets you more in the trade than AJ. CJ Stroud is actually above uh, AJ Brown. Yeah, that's right. CJ Stroud or Brees Hall? Well, Stroud. That one is, is quite easy. I guess I would take CJ Stroud over single over every single running back right now. CJ Stroud or Tyreek Hill? Uh Stroud because of the age. CJ Stroud's actually below Tyreek. Hmm. Is it by a lot? No, they're literally like one selection. Oh, okay. That makes sense. CJ Stroud or Amon Ra St. Brown? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought I saw that. I was like, "Ooh, ears perked up." Uh, I would take Amon Ra actually. Yep, he is higher. Ooh, Amon Ra is wide receiver. What? Three. Ooh. Three and super Oof. I feel bad, man. Did you have him? Oh, you had him in the. A 32 team league, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I didn't buy the hype and I should have. Oh, now I have him there. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I have him and I still have Chase, if not mistaken. Yeah. Let's do Kenneth Walker. Okay. That sounds interesting. Kenneth this... Walker, Devon A. Chain. <laughs> Kenneth Walker. <laughs> Devon A chain is higher. Still. Still. You have still. to be kidding me. Kenneth Walker or Sam Laporta? Mm. I would oh. still take Kenneth Walker. He is slightly higher. They're in the same tier. Mm. Kenneth Walker or Stefan Diggs? That's a real good one. Uh... I tend to go wide receiver over running back, but the the age gap is quite big. Like Diggs is probably turning thirty, isn't he? Should be turning thirty soon. Doesn't like... give me that here. Let's click on him. He is on Diggs. Twenty nine point nine. So yeah, yeah, he's literally just about. Yeah, he he turns thirty on the twenty ninth of November, so Yeah, he's literally just about to uh, I guess I would go Kenneth Walker still. Over Stefan Diggs. Kenneth Walker or Travis Etienne? At the age I would go Kenneth. He is almost two years younger than Travis Etienne. And Etienne is about to get the second contract, which is not really wanna. You want something to do with when you have a running back? That's crazy to think about. I remember drafting Etienne. Yeah, and I believe next year it's his fourth year. So after that, they have the um, the team option. But yeah, should be right around the time where he gets the deal. Yep. Kenneth Walker or Devonta Smith. Oh, that one is interesting. Um, Kenneth Walker still. Devonta has been sort of underwhelming so far. 
this season. I was not expecting that. I mean, he's been underwhelming. Only. That's the perception that I have. Let me check. I don't think Granted, the last two weeks. Yeah, he's wide receiver 29 on the year. He had like, he has three games with double digit points, but three games with single digits. So it's been weird experience. Like the targets are still there. Like on the season, yes, forty-five targets. That should rank quite high, I would guess. Uh, season available. Um, so target-wise, why don't I have the targets here? Sleeper is always funny with these things. Oh. Because I didn't have stats. Yeah, uh, targets-wise, is gonna be around the what the Calvin Ridley range, which it's not too bad. Like he's getting the targets. It's just the offense overall is kind of wonky right now. So yeah, you me cannot still Kenneth Walker is just so good. He is. He is. Ooh. Kenneth Walker or Jalen Waddle? That one is also interesting. Uh, I would say Walker because Waddle is, again, one of those guys who's been underwhelming for what I was expecting. And I don't anticipate him to be like the wide receiver one anytime soon. I believe he'll still have like two or three more years on his contract. So... And by then, like, Waddle will be, what, he will be 27, 28. So give me, give me Walker. Give me Walker. Hmm. Chris Olave. Or Kenneth Walker. Actually, uh, give me Olave in that one. Because I prefer wide receivers, and he's around the right around the age that I like them in. So he's twenty three, if I'm mistaken. Kenneth Walker so, or Jonathan Taylor? It's kind of Walker. Sure. Hmm. You should have sold Jonathan Taylor a while ago. You think I should have? In the places that people had him, my take last year, like prior to the season starting, was that you would never get as much value from him as you could at that time. So you should probably look into selling. And I was right. I'm cool holding on to him, especially in the league that I don't have a first in. Mm, I just... I... Just don't think he will ever give you like the running back one ceiling that he once gave you. Gave you. Very possible. All right, here you go. How much do you believe, Kenneth Walker or Puka Nakua? <laughs> Kenneth Walker. It's starting to happen. The Puka Nakua downfall. I believe he's still at seven targets this week. Only four catches for 26 yards. And I think he had like a drop touchdown 
I've seen that play at least like three times so far on Twitter, uh, where like Stafford uh, is makes the heck of a throw with like Kaiser White in front of him, not like in front of him, but like in front of Pukenekua in the in the end zone, and like it's a complete dot right on the money, and Puka drops him like perfect ball. Like if he throws it anywhere anywhere else, Kaiser White picks it off. But great throw by Stafford, and Puka drops it in the end zone. It's not an easy catch, but it's a catch that he probably needs to make. But it's not an easy catch. It's almost like the Devontae Parker. Did you see that? The Devontae Parker situation this week? No. Okay. So in the Patriots game, uh, the, the game ended in a safety. Uh, Max Crosby sack on Mac Jones. That led to a safety. But the player prior to that, um, Devontae Parker, like Mac Jones throws him a football on the sideline. Like, it's probably the best throw that I've ever seen from Mac Jones. Like, perfect dot right on the money. It's him right in the breadbasket. And, like, Parker just completely drops it. Like, that's the, the play that Parker needs to make to extend the drive. And after that, uh, Parker said that he couldn't catch it because it hit him in his fingertips. Like... Does it hit him in what? his fingertips? What? Yeah. <laughs> It was a really weird excuse, to be honest. You're an NFL wide receiver. Okay. We just got an extension and he's getting paid. I can tell you right now what he's getting paid, but I believe it's in the 10-something million per season. But yeah, like his excuse was that it hit him in, in his fingertips so he couldn't catch it. <laughs> That is something. Yeah, he's getting paid an average of... Oh, where's the average cash? Oh, the average cash. Average salary. Average salary. Why is there no average salary here when I need it to? Okay, it's around 5 million a year. 5 to 6 million a year. It is not. Yeah, but like, it's not a lot of money for a wide receiver who like has functional fingertips. But apparently, Devontae Parker does not. So, Patriots just look bad, man. I, I just Patriots really... look terrible. I wish that. Do you think we'll ever see a world where like? You want to have the Patriots offensive players again? Uh, potentially. How long? I'm still stuck with a few. Like, I have Ramondre in the redraft league. And I have Mac Jones in two or three leagues. So I'm expecting it to be soon. Maybe they turn around the corner or something. Or plenty of corners at this point. It would have to be a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they play the Bills that. this I, week. I'm oh assuming this year is a wash, but I more think that, uh, like, uh, uh, like, I don't know. I don't even know if Bill Belichick is going to still be coaching the New England Patriots when that 
happens. I don't know if Bill Belichick is coaching when the Patriots find their next quarterback, which is really, 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 really weird to say. It's weird that we like sort of gave him a lot of leash, and apparently the leash is like one bad season and one like completely terrible season. So probably not as much leash as we thought he would have. I don't. Need, I don't know. I just think the Patriots have so much stuff wrong with them. Oh, I'm actually starting Mike Jones in the league. Why? <laughs> because I have no one else. Because I it's, have no... <laughs> It's the 32-team league. I have no one. I have Will Levis. Yeah, so you have no one as well. Perfect. And you have Stetson Bennett, who apparently just went on, like, a drunk rampage or something. That was very weird, what they said in, like, the offseason. Yeah, like, they didn't straight out said that. But they said that he was dealing with some illness or an issue or something. So he would be placed on the um, the reserve, not football injury list. And, like, he would be away from the team. But he never commented on the nature of the issue. Yeah, but, like, most assume, Yeah, because he said out of respect for the particulars and the specifics. So... Yeah, some folks assumed it would be, like, because apparently, like, in college, it was known for that. So, soon he will be selling, selling insurance anyway. He's 25. He was way too old to go into the NFL, honestly. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, yeah, in that 32-team league, um, like, I have Mac Jones and Bryce Young. So, this is a Mac Jones week. Versus Buffalo. This is a Mac Jones week. <laughs> His last three weeks combined, for like fantasy points wise, they combined for three fantasy points. That's combined. Again. It's just, it's so bad, dude. <laughs> Combine the last three weeks, go for three points, but the last week alone at 5.9, so. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what, how the Patriots offense can be that bad. I guess I can go back to the, to the segment that we introduced today. But another thing that really annoys me, it's people that give, like, all the blame to Mac Jones. Like, those people don't even watch games at this point. I don't even know the... Okay, I, I think they're going to give up on Mac Jones. <laughs> like, that's... I, I mean, you sort of have to at this point, but, like, he's far from being the issue. Like, the main issue. So here's the question, though, because let's say the Patriots give up on that. What NFL team is he starting for? I'm sure he gets another chance. Where? But who, um, let me look at the teams. The Steelers, the Bears, 
Although the Bears, uh, the Bears know because they will have a high pick. Um, the Cardinals. Oh, the Falcons. The Falcons. That would be interesting. So he could have all those fancy weapons and no way to get. I mean, he has the way to get them. Like Matt Jones is a better QB than people give him credit for. Like, let's not forget that he outplayed. I know the circumstances of what happened in Trevor Lawrence's rookie season, but he outplayed Trevor Lawrence. The Vikings would be an interesting one if they don't bring back cousins. I would be so upset. Why would the Vikings not want to bring back cousins? Maybe they want to go younger. Maybe they don't want to spend as much on the QB. I can see it. Yeah. The Titans would be an interesting one as well. Oh, God. He fits them. <laughs> because it's boring. Boring. <laughs> boring quarterback. Yeah, no. Titans, Titans the, move. the Buccaneers as well, if they move off of Baker. No. The Titans are the move. <laughs> you are sold on that now? Yeah. No, that's the move. Oh, can you imagine? The Raiders. No. Him back the- with McDaniels. I mean, he had a pretty solid season with McDaniels. That's not talked about enough. True. Like, he has a... Uh, is it like three offensive coordinators now in a row for him to start his, his career? That's never good for a QB. Like, going back to the roots would do him wonders, probably. See. I mean, I guess yeah. so because the Raiders really wouldn't be in a position to get a quarterback. Yeah, I don't think like they will be in contention for that pick. So, mm-hmm. I guess we should have. I'm not. Do you have anything else to talk about here at fantasy football? Right now, why was there a way up somewhere you wanted to go with this? No, I just have been thinking about this one. Um, and I don't think we've talked about this in the other show. I guess it's not really fantasy relevant, I guess. But what do you make of the first NFL head coach who gets fired? Like, because I've seen some discussion about that. And, like, the odds on that are, like, wild for the guys to get fired. Wild? Yeah, because, like... Who do you think has the the best odds like to get fired? Who do you think is the most likely? Who? Uh, no, he's the third highest odds. And he's like plus 400. The favorite to be fired is minus 200. Who is the, like the second guy that comes to your mind? Yeah, 
Yeah. It would have to be a really, really struggling team right now. With expectations. Yeah. Not Bill Belichick. Brian Dable? No. He's not in there. The favorite to be fired is Ron Rivera at minus 200. With a 3-3 three and three record? Yeah, that's that's wild to me. What, what I think it's interesting is that unless it's Heberflows gets fired, I don't think anyone gets fired this season. Has that ever happened? Like a coach not getting fired in season? No, but it makes me want to uh, put in a bet for Eberflus to get fired this season. Yeah, that's the only guy that I that I sort of would be okay with doing that. Because I do think that he probably gets fired. But like, if not him, like the other guys who are favorite, it's like Rivera, uh, Josh McDaniels. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, Brendan Staley, Mike Vrabel, Kevin Stefanski, Dennis Hallen. I guess Dennis Hallen is probably like someone I would think about because he doesn't have like, he has been with the organization for a while, but he doesn't have the pull that some of the other guys have because like Stefanski, I mean, he led them to the playoffs first time in like forever. He's doing an okay job. Circumstances aren't great. Staley, I mean, Staley, if they keep losing, I guess. But, like, Herbert probably stops that. Kevin O'Connell, I don't think so, because I don't think the Vikings will be bad for much longer. And he was pretty good with them, so I think he has some leash. McDaniels, they don't have the money to fire him. Vrabel, I think he has more than enough. I actually don't think they have the money to fire him, because the contract is massive. But yeah, like I actually don't think anyone will get fired unless it's Eberflus. So can yeah. I go on DraftKings right now and place that bet? Let's see. I can do it live. Cancel NFL. Would that be for the futures? Hold on. That should be a futures bet. I don't think I have futures. Oh, I do. Here's futures. Uh, results. No, it is not on there. You don't have it? No, um, not in futures. I have coach of the year. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have it here as well. Least wins, comeback player of the year. Yeah, I don't have it either. Yeah, there's probably only a few books that have it. Yeah, I don't have that, but I have the number of songs performed in collaboration with Usher. So if you want to give that a go. 
or to make an appearance with Husher on stage. And bet on Justin Bieber for plus 900. <laughs> a bet on for sure i was actually looking at this the other day but like there's some wild things in here that you can bet like I'm pretty next sure Taylor swift makes an appearance is like a bet on every chiefs games now on every chiefs <laughs> game now i wouldn't be shocked <laughs> uh, there were like i was looking at politics bets as well for your country uh -huh. like i believe that it was like kim kardashian to be the next president and the odds weren't even stupid high so it was like the odds weren't stupid high for kim kardashian <laughs> to become the next what like stupid high for the outcome that would have to come out of that like what do you expect the odds to be because i think it's like what Plus a million? Yeah. And it, it's not that high. Like I can try and find it here as well. We have just completely gone off the rails today. So that's yeah, fun. I love it. <laughs> that is fun indeed. I'm trying to find the long-term bets here. Well, here's politics. USA politics. Hmm. Oh. It is pretty weird. Okay, next president of the United States, the favorite. Be Trump and Biden. Biden okay. is the favorite because he's the current one, and then Trump. Oh. In my book, it's it's Trump who's the favorite, but it's like the difference isn't too big. Uh, well, Trump is like, yeah, uh, Trump is like plus one fifty one, and Biden is plus one one eighty three. Uh, but where's Kim Kardashian? Let me see. It's probably better if I go for find. Uh, Kardashian. Kim Kardashian is plus 9,900. I mean, 10,000 is pretty, like, so you place a dollar, and if she gets president, she get, like, 10,000. That, that is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's the same as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock? <laughs> or Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, there's some weird things in here, I swear. Like, who's the winner of the popular vote? Uh, like, is it? Don't you have, like, another Kennedy running now or something like that? Yes, RFK. Okay. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he's running as a Republican. Okay. Yeah, he's plus... Uh, What is this? Is it plus 2100? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. 
some weird things in here for sure. Go on a little rant. I have go an idea when I come back. No, you go on a little rant. I have an idea for when I come back. Oh, so I'm, I just can't go on a random rant? Okay. Let me find a rant to go on about. Because um, <laughs> I have spent my two rants already. Um, <laughs> okay. I guess I can go on, on Rashad White. How disappointing is Rashad White? Like, you had so many fantasy football analysts that just went on and on and on about how much Rashad White was that great of a value. He comes from Arizona State. He's a pass-catching back. Uh, he's going to be a top something, like top, I don't know, 20 running back, top 10 running back. He's a major get in, like, the zero running back strategy that went on in redraft. And, like, he's getting crazy opportunity, and he's doing nothing with it. Like, it's been a major, like, disappointment. And he's, he doesn't even look good. Like, he looks slow as, as all hell. Uh, like, he doesn't look impressive at all. Like, Deuce Vaughn looks probably better, or at least equal to him. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, not Deuce Vaughn, but Keyshawn Vaughn. Looks better than him, probably. And Kishan Vaughn is a bust at this point for what, like, where he was drafted and what people sort of expected him. I mean, yeah, and yeah, like, I think he had eight touches this or eight opportunities this past week to Rashad White's uh, 11. So they are pretty much that even right now. And I guess I can still go on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But every time I open Twitter, like, the the stat that I see the most is, like, that Baker Mayfield is one of the, like, the best QBs under pressure this season. Uh, like, all of the stats points towards it. But what people fail to mention is that, like, he has been sacked four times and he isn't even getting that much of a pressure, uh, like, on him. So, like, it's, there's probably not a major sample size there to take those those conclusions. But yeah, like every time I hear about Baker Mayfield is oh my god, Baker Mayfield might be back. And Baker Mayfield is is doing pretty well because he's one of the better QBs under pressure this year. Which like technically true and I guess that's the best kind of true. But like give some context there when you're when you're saying those things because like it's pretty misleading. Not sure if Angelo is very, back. Very, very okay, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just went on a mi two mini rants about the Bucks. Uh, the Jets are trading McCole Hardman back to the Kansas City Chiefs for a late round pick swap. Oh, that's something. <laughs> and that I think that's relevant to the uh, Rice and Sky Moore discussion. So, like, is Sky Moore just never going to be a thing now? Or can we just... Is, is, is it time to pack it in? Like, are we, are I, I have... I've sort of given up hope on him. Like, <laughs> no. like it's not Mikkel Hardman that's going to change anything. Like, 
Mikola has been pretty bad as well, so that really doesn't move the needle for me. I sort of just had given up on him trying to do anything. It's just, it's the way things are. Maybe, maybe sometime in the future. Because, like, I don't even think he has been bad. It's just, like, the offense just doesn't, like, involve wide receivers enough. So it's just, it's just the way it is. It's the run game, it's Kelsey, then it's, like, guys. Like, you can put an helmet in any random guy off the street, put him out there, and he's going to do something. Like, never be consistent, but something. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just Kelsey. Kelsey. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And especially it's Kelsey when Taylor Swift is in the stands. Oh... What else is there on the dock? I don't think there's that much. What do you think is going to happen to like a post Kelsey like finally falling off the clip, clip, cliff? Kansas City Chiefs offense. Okay, so what happens is that they get Kyle Pitts in the house. Please. <laughs> the wishful thinker in me wants pits in there, which should put line up around like the same time he contract is contract his rookie contract expires. So imagine, yeah, just imagine that. Like imagine Arthur Smith being like, "Yeah, we like Jonah Smith better," and them just not resigning Kyle Pitts or trading Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I mean, I would be pretty shocked about that, but I'm pretty shocked about most things Arthur Smith does, so some good, some bad. Some good, some bad. Like, the fact that Desmond Ritter hasn't been benched is like, that is someone who's trying to lose his job. At least, like, Drake London is having a resurgence. He has had that is what four double double digit weeks in the last five. So, but 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 um, God, what was I gonna say? Oh, Drake London, yes, but Drake London is better at getting like. Open and getting targets than Kyle Pitts is what for for whatever reason. I don't know why. Mm. Can't make it make sense. But it just seems like that's what's happening. Maybe it's just the usage it is having. Like Kyle Pitts has a different type of usage in that scheme. I don't necessarily think it's one is better at getting open than the other. It's just like the type of targets they're getting is different because they play a different position in the field, not just like position when he's a wide receiver, when he's a tight end, but they play a different role in the offense as well. So I think it's just it's just mostly that. Like if Pitts had London's role, I don't think like the result would be too different. 
but he doesn't. So, yeah, I just had this best. Yeah, that's an issue. <laughs> but yeah, best game of the season so far for London. Nine catches for 125 yards. That's crazy. That's just crazy. So we can say with confidence Drake London is good at football? I guess so. I guess so. Ham, Olave, Garrett Wilson, like that draft class hasn't really disappointed so far. Christian Watson is also doing stuff right now. Since he has been back. I guess that's true. I guess I guess. I have a hot take actually about the Packers. Let's go. I love I love the Packers and I love hot takes, so so by season's end, the wide receiver two for the Packers won't be Jaden Reed and won't be Romeo Dobbs Dubs. It's gonna oh, be no. Dontavian Wicks. Oh this guy. I knew that's where he was going with this. It's gonna be Dontavian Wicks by season's end. It's gonna be Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks, and Jaden Reed. That's the top three. So there's an outtake for you. That's pretty hot. And I have another one. No. But Tucker Craft will be the tight end one by season's end. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, you didn't catch like the Las Vegas game. But like to start that game, Musgrave was benched. Like, I guess it was just for, like, a series or two. But, yeah, he was benched at some point. I didn't quite get why he was benched. But, like, the production cut to, like, a an argument between LaFleur and Musgrave. And, like, after that, he, he was out for a series or two. Then he came back, and I guess he led the team in receptions. But that was mostly, like, late in the game. So I think Tucker Craft might be might be someone you want to target late. He might be he might have been dropped like in Dynasty Leagues. I'm not sure like how many people dropped him. But like he hasn't really done anything through five weeks. Now he has a bye. Like he's an upper athletic tight end as well. So I I always liked him more than I liked Luck Musgrave. Luck Musgrave. But yeah. Tucker Craft, the tight end one for that team. I thought you were you were gonna say the tight end one overall. <laughs> I'm not that crazy. Come on. You are that crazy. Eh, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <sighs> I think I'm ready to end it. If you are. Yeah, I think I've talked about mostly everything. Yeah, I've went on a few rounds. Yeah, I've went when on I, my rounds. What was the one I was doing? Oh, it was Rashad White is not good. 
And Baker may like the whole Baker Mayfield is great under pressure is sort of misleading. And people should like they should mention that he has been like rarely pressured this year. When they say that like he is great under pressure because like he's great under pressure because the sample size is minuscule. Those were my two rants. That Kishan Vaughn might be better than Rashad White. That's probably a step too far, but the opportunities this week were almost identical. You think had... Keyshawn Vaughn might be better than Rashad White? He has. You have crossed. You have now entered crazy my crazy bridge. I just want to point out that out of a buy, the team probably reassessed things and like. Rashad's white crazy opportunity that he had and why he was so appealing. He had like, I believe in terms of opportunity, like targets plus carries. He had 11 to Vaughn's 9. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those were the two rants. Okay. Well, if you've gotten to this point, Thank you so much. You guys really should consider subscribing and doing everything that helps the algorithm, the almighty algorithm. Alex, take it away. As always, don't forget to subscribe if you're listening. uh, Subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. And don't forget to follow us on uh, the, the platforms like Spotify, podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a review there as well. Uh, five star review. We don't take anything less than that. So yeah, just <laughs> leave us things for us to read and uh, let us know uh, what we should improve here. We're always looking forward to that. And that's us signing off for the week, I guess. See you next. See you next. Hey, Jesus Christ. See you next week, guys. <laughs>